Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Are you ready for season three of Discography? We're jumping into the deep end of The Who. Not only will we go through every Studio Who album in great detail, but their story is often told between albums, so we'll be touching on non-album singles, the solo works of Keith Moon, John Entwistle, Roger Daltrey, and Pete Townsend, and some of the events that would make a record begin as a concept and land as something that would universally change the world. Discography returns to Consequence Podcast Network in January of 2019. Until then, be lucky. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey there, all you beautiful pod people. This is Engineer Adam, and this is This Must Be the Gig, your backstage pass to the world of live music, the show where host Lior Phillips interviews a different creative mind at the heart of the live music world that could be a musician, a festival founder, a choreographer, really anyone who is passionate about live music. As you may have noticed, we had last week off, just a little bit of a holiday break. We're back this week. Lior is traveling in her home country of South Africa at the moment, so I'm here solo in the studio, so I will give you a brief introduction and then get you straight into the episode. We have two incredible interviews, the final pair from Lior's trip to Iceland for Iceland Airwaves. First, she sits down with the Icelandic musician Gudrun to discuss the reasons why the Icelandic music scene is as collaborative as it is, and also the unlikely origin story for her vowel-less stage name. After that, she sits down with the Australian outfit Haiku Hands to discuss a particularly excited New Zealand fan at their Iceland Airwaves show, the changing representation of women in the music scene in Australia, and so much more. Just want to say, like, follow, etc., Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow them all. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you do, 
we will give you a shout out on the show. And if you write that review, maybe include a story about your first concert and we'll talk about it. Seems like a fun thing to do, right? I say do it. Anyway, here's Lior and Gudrun. Enjoy! So he didn't arrive, the guy who was doing the visuals? No, I was having a panic attack because uh, the visuals didn't sync. Didn't sync? No, didn't (gasps) sync with the music. Oh, no. Because it was like the last song was a big hat, like me. Mm. (laughs) My hat, like a 3D model, Mm. um, just like singing with the lyrics. Mm. And it didn't sync, and I was having a panic attack. But then... I like I called him and he was like, "Yeah, this is not a problem. Just do this and that, and then." And it know. was sorted because I didn't notice anything. No, no, no. It, like at the show, it you know it was it perfect. Went, it was perfect. I was so happy about it. <laughs> Those things always happen. Has I anything know. gone like terribly wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like all the time. Really? It's like, like what? really funny when you're just like sound checking and all the sound yeah. goes like horrible. Or you just like you can't hit the note mm. that you have to, you know, mm. just get right. Mm. But then on this actual show, you just mm. kind of go into some kind of zone. You just do it. You just go for it. Yeah. As opposed to obviously yeah, worrying yeah. too much. Yeah. But how long have you been performing for? I would say about a year, actually, just a year. So were you performing in? bars and clubs and stuff or no. is this really the first this is like year? this is the second year that i played the airwaves okay i played last year but then i had just started like i had didn't even have an album out yet yeah. you know i just had a couple of songs ready and before that i mean i didn't even have the courage to sing in front of other people I never Why? sang. I just thought that i had like a really deep but not that yes. sort of a beautiful voice but I like I played violin for I think twelve years or something. Wow. Yeah. Then I just quit and I also was talking about to my mom, like, I wanna I wanna learn how to sing mm. and she just, you know, applied for me to a music school. Oh wow. And I just got in and then just it kept on rolling and I started releasing stuff and it has been going up, up, up. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. And, but you look really confident and comfortable on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have to thank my violin lessons for that. I had to have like concerts mm, okay. every Saturday or every second Saturday. Okay. And we had to go up and, you know, perform. So I've been performing since I was five years old. So, so you're used to standing in front of people. Yeah. And I'm a bit of a, I love the attention, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's not kid around No. <laughs> so tell me, so what is your full name? Because I know that you go under your stage name yeah. is GDRN. Yeah. But are you meant to be saying it as Gudrun or? Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. You know, I started with saying it as Gudrun mm-hmm. or GDRN. I'm sorry. I started saying like GDRN because people didn't realize that it was my name. They just thought I was being clever or something. Uh, but my whole name is really difficult to... Okay. It's Guðrún Ír Eyfjörð Jóhannesdóttir. That's my full name. It's like four oh names. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard a daughter in there. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that's how it always yeah. is. So it's okay. Guðrún or Guðrún, mm-hmm. which is my first name. And then Ír, which is my second name. And then it's Eyfjörð. That's my family name. 
And then Johannes Dochter. I'm the daughter of Johannes. Johann. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's such a long name. But I the know. way you say it, it just like rolls off your tongue. Yeah, so it's like really fine. Like it doesn't matter to anybody else yeah. that it's so long. Because yeah, you, yeah. you can say it. So as long as, yeah. you, know, as long as you can say it, you're fine. <laughs> exactly. So what, what was the... Because obviously there's like a trend with having like the vowels taken out of names yeah in iceland it's like a very cool yeah it's a funny story though i was just i i first i started out with gudrun this gudrunir when i released my first single Mm. and then i sent it to a in my second song i decided to um send it to mix and master and everything and then he just sent it back and he had taken all the you know, Icelandic letters out, mm. and it just said GDRN, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to use great. that. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm. so that's how it happened. Yeah. It's kind of like a sign as yeah. well, somebody like in the industry yeah. sending a sign back. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So you have an album, mm-hmm. and that's out? Yeah, yeah, it's out. Okay, what mm-hmm. is it called? Qual uh, if, it means what if. What if? Yeah. And what are the things that you feel for somebody who hasn't heard your music? Mm-hmm. What are the different things that you feel you're sharing? What are the stories that you're singing about? Really emotional stuff. Uh, this album has been going on for like a year, mm. and I've been dating, you know, a couple of guys, and we broke up. But yeah. I was like really heartbroken, so <laughs> I made a couple of songs about that, and you know. It's a, it's and I'm a sure that felt really good as well to get that out. Yeah, it yeah. does actually. It's a, like a therapy, mm. you know, getting your emotions on paper and mm. then making a song out of it, and you're just like, oh, you know, that's how I feel. And mm. then, then you look at it like a couple of months later, and you you realize like, oh, that's how I felt. You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling much better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a placeholder yeah, almost. It does. And then I realized like when people started to listen to my music and they would come up to me and say like you know I've been listening to your music and I I can relate so much this has been happening to me and everything and then I just realized like I'm not supposed to tell people what my songs mean mm. I'm just like a messenger yes. you know it's your it's your part to mm. what do you say like interpret mm. the songs mm. so I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, I'm just telling you a story and you can... You, you can know, take it yeah. however you want to yeah. take it. Why did you start making music other than obviously getting into the school mm-hmm. and figuring out that you had a voice and owning a voice? Yeah. Why do you think... What, what space do you think there is in the Icelandic music scene mm-hmm. for women artists right now? Why do you think it's a really good time? I actually think it's a really good time because there haven't been so many girls standing up and mm. you know bringing something new because um right now there's a really it's a really great like vibe going on in the music industry and mm. all the guys are singing about their emotions they have been rapping about mm. how great they are and now they're like being really <laughs> like you know they're saying mm. I cry at night and Mm. I I get sad and everything and that's so important and at the same time you know there has been a lot of girls coming out and being really cool and they don't feel they have to be like super sexy and they don't have to be like some Mm. kind of uh, you know they just they get to go and be themselves Mm. I think that's uh, and there haven't been that much of girls going there and 
doing that mm. kind of stuff. So. so you feel much more like what you're doing now is accepted. Yeah, yeah, And even yeah. if it wasn't, you'd do it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like I'm a part of a group now of girls that are opening a new gate for other girls mm. just to step in and go to this industry like full force. Mm. Where did you grow up? Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, I, I actually grew up, I was born in Reykjavik. Okay. But uh, then my parents decided to move to Moselspær, which is okay. a bit like outside of Reykjavik. Okay. It's a, it's a half an hour drive, which is not long. No, but, but you're still not in the city. No, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of, you know, we have, sometimes we go horseback riding and everything. It's a bit of like out in the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I was raised like... My parents are both artists, and they actually lived in San Francisco for 10 years. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and my mom's uh, mom was studying animation, and my dad was studying sculpture. And then they just decided to come here to Iceland to have a family. And oh, wow. But they're both Icelandic, Yeah, so they just they lived just, in San Francisco. No, they just met oh, in San Francisco. Yeah, wow. it's like really romantic. Yeah. They were like riding mo- <laughs> like their motorcycles, and dad had like... Like long black hair and had leather all over, and it's really that's funny. a good song. Yeah. <laughs> so then, then, so that's where you grew up. Yeah. So do you remember the first concert that you ever went to? Yeah. Was it in Reykjavik that you travelled, or did you go overseas? Yeah, it was in. Do you mean like where I played, or just both? That I went to. We can we can start with the one that you went to. Went yeah. To. Um, I went to. I remember. Like I was a really big fan of this singer named Aver. She's okay. singing here at the festival oh, wow. this year. Okay. And I'm like really excited to see when her. When is she playing? When I do don't you, remember. Do you know? I've been so busy. Look. I've just yeah. been like <laughs> trying to go through a day. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, I just remember I was sitting with my dad. He took me with him and it was just so magical. She was so great and she was so cool. And that was the first time when I got like, mm. I kind of want to do something Oh, wow. Like that. How old were you when you saw her? I was probably around like, I'm going to guess like eight to ten years old. And your dad took you to the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. So what music was really playing, if you've got these artistic and creative parents, yeah. what, like, what music was playing in the house when you were younger? You know, it's a funny story. I couldn't sleep unless uh, I had like a really big boombox mm. thing going on in my room <laughs> and I had like a CD player in it, you know, or CD. Yes. Uh, and it was Beethoven or Beethoven mm-hmm. and I couldn't sleep unless, you know, he we turned play- it on oh, he was wow. playing. So I slept to that like my whole... Wow. Yeah. But Do you still put it? No, I don't, on? I don't. But my mom and dad, they like listen to... They're a bit classical. No, actually, they listen to like Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, and like. They sound so cool. Yeah, they are oh, cool. They should be here. Yeah, I know. Should have brought them. I should have brought them with me. <laughs> They're really cool. And I got like I don't know Radiohead. No, 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 Portishead. Portishead. Yeah. And do then, you think that was Portishead really big in Iceland? Was like that something? Yeah, I think it was like at the time that. I don't know when they mm. started like giving up, but I have like my music influence comes all around and really from jazz also. We listened a lot to like Etta James and 
know, Ella Fitzgerald and everything. Mm. So, so I, I can't really pinpoint exactly. what you were listening to. Yeah, yeah, but it was a lot. Mm. I'm really. But and lucky. then obviously very inspired by Icelandic music. Yeah. yeah. What, so so this is now your second year playing Iceland Airwaves. Yeah. What do you love about this festival? Because uh, there's a lot of people who from the outside know about it. Yeah. But they just know about you know. There's the certain Icelandic acts that they know about, Sigurós and yeah. Björk. And mm-hmm. what do you feel is something that maybe somebody doesn't know about the festival? Like from your perspective, because you're now yeah. in your second year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the great thing about this, I think, I love the thing, you know, the thing I love most about Eros is that it's not held at the big, you know, Harpa. Yes. Or like the yeah. big, big venues. And they have it like all over the place. And so for people who don't know, obviously, the, in the past years, it's yeah. been really Harper, the big musical, has yeah. been the hub and the base. Yeah. Now this year, there's only a few shows there. Yeah. So it makes people go around the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of like, you know, you just go to some concert and you always find something new. You know, that's my, you know, mm. I've always been like every year I've gone and just, you know, got to know some band that I didn't even know existed, mm. you know, and I think that's the beauty of it, you know, you're getting to know some things that, and some music that you've never heard before, mm. and you can... There isn't a sense that if you don't know a band, yeah. you're shunned, like you put out. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't feel less cool if no. you don't know a band. Like no. you almost feel more cool if yeah. you're like just discovering someone. I know, I know. <laughs> so have you have you met a lot of the artists playing this year? Do you, do you have anyone that you've really wanted to see other than Ava? Anyone else that mm-hmm. you've really wanted to see? I really want to see Blood Orange. He's playing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then I really wanted to see Jameson, but I was playing at the same time, so I didn't catch his show. Are you playing again? How many times are you playing? Because uh, obviously artists play multiple times across yeah, different venues yeah. and different days. I actually, you so. know, I'm playing on errors, but I'm also playing like just gigs all over the town. So I played, I think, four times on Wednesday. Oh my God, on Wednesday? And then, yeah, and then three times yesterday. <laughs> and then I'm playing four times alive? today. <laughs> Where are you playing? What are all the different places? Um, tonight I'm only playing at like guest performances. So okay. just one song at each venue, but there are three of them are at Listasabnith. Okay. And then one I'm gonna be like back vocals and then just one song I'm gonna take with Öyður. Okay. Um, and that's on hard rock, and then I'm just. How do I you prepare? Like, how do you? Because obviously, for the weeks leading up to this, you've yeah. known what your schedule yeah. is looking like. But how yeah. do you prepare for your performances? Well, I kind of just like sleep well, <laughs> eat well, don't go out too much, <laughs> uh, and then I'm just like rehearsing a lot, just taking good care of myself. I got mm. the I caught the flu two days or something yeah everybody's been coughing around yeah. me and i'm just like no yeah. get away yeah. get i your have like this away. asthma thing you know yes, you pull the, down the pump yeah, yeah. <laughs> then i'm like this one minute until you go on stage and like, <laughs> get your breath <laughs> i know sometimes i feel like it's superpowers like giving yeah me superpowers i know I and it. maybe it's just mental i know maybe i don't know is. what it really does no. <laughs> we are like very skeptical of, <laughs> yeah. of it and what about what do you feel is the next step really mm-hmm. for because what genre would you say you fall into well that's the thing I you know I 
I've been asked a lot, this question a lot, and I would say I'm like in between R&B, jazz, pop. And obviously I saw your performance the other night, and yeah. as I said, it was like seeing someone who had been on stage so many times before, yeah. not just a year. Yeah. So what do you feel about the style of music that you have mm-hmm. that gives you that confidence? Like, because you can see you're enjoying yourself, yeah, yeah. which makes us enjoy you. Yeah, exactly. And that's a re- that's a gift, you yeah, know. Yeah, so it how is. do you, what do you, what do you feel about the genre that makes you feel almost more inspired? I don't know what it is, but like, every time I hear something that's a bit jazzy and like, I I get like oh, you know, I just it's something yeah. in me that gets like oh wobbly. Jangly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, and there are not so many people doing that mm-hmm. here in Iceland and like it's really funny, but I've gotten this few comments like every time I go out and you know, I'm just out with some friends drinking and there's always this one person that comes up to me and is like Hey, like I love your music. It's like really, really nice having sex to it. I'm what? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's have something. You heard that a I lot? mean, that's positive, right? <laughs> oh my god, that is the fir- firstly. I'm sure a lot of people have heard that. A lot yeah. of different artists, but you're the first to actually tell me that. Yeah. That's amazing. But I thought it was. I was like really shocked at first, but then I was like, yeah, yeah I think it's I, a positive thing. I can get behind I mean, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's probably a bit like sexy and a bit cozy yeah but at the same time like it's rhythmic and Mm. everything so great for sex (laughs) (laughs) and and obviously if anybody is listening i hope that you're not having sex at this moment no (laughs) please refrain (laughs) but go for it when you listen to your music um so so talk to me a little bit about then where do you see the future what do you what do you really want to do Mm -hmm. because as you mentioned you're going to be guesting on multiple shows during just this festival alone yeah and icelandic scene is known for people obviously being in multiple bands yeah yeah. so what do you feel like you're wanting to do do you want to travel a lot more tour a lot more i'm actually you know i wanna i'm planning a tour now to germany i hope that you know goes well, smoothly, yeah. smoothly, yeah. But I just—it's been a dream of mine just to go and like travel the world and sing at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's just win-win situation right there. So I really want to do that and get to know like other people because mm. you know, in this one year that I've been doing this, the thing I've learned—I've learned the most just working with other people because they have some kind of you know image of mm. their music and. You just you can take that as you mm. like, and you can, you know, present that in your own music, mm. and it's just so important to you know listen to other people. You don't have you don't have to you know take it all in but and like it. Yeah, yeah. But, but then you can learn that. so much from it. Mm. You know, it's cheesy. But is there like an Icelandic saying that you love that your parents maybe taught you, or something that your grandparents even used to say? That like I know that a lot yeah. of Icelandic sayings have fish in them but (laughs) we have a lot of sayings actually it's really funny yeah Yeah. is there anything that you personally just love yeah well there's this one that says um which 
I don't know how to translate it. Yes. Like, but roughly, it just means, you know, doing mistakes only means you're going to do it better the next time. And, you know, oh, actually, when I was going to be like a, a professional soccer player. What? Yeah. Wait, why didn't you mention this <laughs> earlier? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I, I had an ACL injury. Oh, wow. And I had actually been talking to some agents in the United States, and I was going to go on a soccer scholarship. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then it just, like, I ruined my knee. And oh then no. I didn't know. I just, I was like, oh, my God, my whole life is ruined. I'd been playing soccer since I was, like, six, yeah. seven years old. And, and this was my dream for so long. But oh then gosh. I just got into singing. And I just realized, like, if one door closes, there is going to be another one. It's going to open up. You just have to be, like, really focused and really just... What do you think, what, do you, what are the similarities you think between playing like competitive soccer and music? Do you think that, because there's got to be something that you enjoy. Yeah, in yeah, both yeah. I'm really competitive. <laughs> I am, I am. And I, I can present that like in the singing. I can go on stage and I'm going to be like, I'm going to, this is going to be my best performance. Right, yeah. I'm going to give it my all, <laughs> you know, all these things that I always took from the yeah. soccer and everything. I was just like, I'm going to doing my best I'm gonna win this game you know <laughs> and do you think that that like helps with just the pressures of of being kind of new in the industry yeah. and figuring things out as you go yeah totally and like having you know this state of mind that mm. doing mistakes only gets you you know you're gonna learn from it and you're gonna be better mm. and you know you just have to be really focused and Sometimes you just have to be really patient, mm. you know. It's, it has to take time, you know, to do great mm. things. So, you know, I actually think that I learned a lot from Yeah, <laughs> I do soccer. too. And yeah. especially when you're younger, yeah. you are like a sponge and you take things on yeah. so quickly without even thinking it. So yeah, your parents like make you do ballet and dancing mm -hmm. and sports mm -hmm. and then and instruments and then you only realize later yeah. on how important that was for you. Yeah. So it sounds like you had very... You have very supportive parents, which is also good I as do. an artist. Yeah. Do they love, do they come to your shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love doing that. My mom is my biggest fan ever. Like, when I was in high school, I really wanted to become a doctor. And they were like, no, yeah. honey, you should go, you know, do some music. You shouldn't be a doctor. Wait, wait, I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. That I know. Wait, that doesn't happen. I know. Isn't it the other way around? It's like really funny. They were like, yeah, you want to do that? But like, have you, you know, have you thought have about, you thought about going about to music <laughs> industry? It's really funny. But they're so supportive. I'm really lucky with my parents. They just... You know, they just always say to me, like, if you're giving it, you're all, mm. they will support you, like, the whole way through. Wow. Yeah. So now, when is the tour in Berlin? Or in Germany? Not Berlin. Uh, we're planning in May or June. And how can people find your music? They can go on Spotify. Mm -hmm. and Type in. Type in G-D-R-N. Yeah. Not your full name, which is? Guðrún Nýr Eyfjörð Jóhannesdóttir. It's so good. It's almost like a spell. It's yeah. like a mag magic warlock. It's like Harry Potter's spell. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. I love it so much. Yeah. But thank you. Is there anything else that you really want to kind of tell people about the scene that they may not know? Because obviously from mm -hmm. me coming to Iceland in the last few years yeah it's always such a shock every year because there's so many new things going on yeah 
but it does feel like this year, every year it gets better, yeah. but it does feel like this year, especially there are so many more women mm-hmm. artists mm-hmm. and people just really honing and finding their voice. Yeah. So is there anything that you feel people don't know that you'd like them to know about the Icelandic music scene? Yeah, I think Icelandic musicians are really lucky because the music scene isn't that large. Mm. And what surprised me the most was when... I got to know all these like really professional musicians. They're so supportive mm. and they want to help you. And they, if they see some potential in you and they see that you want to do great things, they're yeah. always there to help you. And that's why everyone is playing with everyone. With everybody. Yeah, so like the music industry is very welcoming. You know, you don't, you don't get to you know, lock doors very often mm. and people are really nice. She had a side eye over there for the people that can't see this. Next. Just our name? No, you can uh, say anything you want. <laughs> my name's Claire and today we went on a long drive and t- lots of, took lots of photos and saw the beautiful countryside of Iceland. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Beatrice and we are all in haiku hands and we're from Australia and we've just finished a mega tour. 17 dates and last is this night your was our biggest, last show. Is this your biggest tour that you've been on? Yes. How and the first European one. Wow. Yeah. So how, where are the, what are the highlights? Is that, okay, is that okay to ask? I know yeah, that's difficult. Of course. Um, the highlights have, de- the show last night at Airwaves was Damn you. amazing. She's saying that because she knows that I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Exactly. That was, yeah, you're like, hey. that was a highlight for me, for sure. What else? Yeah, um, also um, Hamburg was a highlight. Oh, yeah. Had we you been before? No, yeah. we'd never been to all of these places that we went to, except a couple of the UK shows. Okay, yeah. Everywhere was new. And Hamburg was in this small, sweaty underground club and it was completely packed and everyone got so into it and mm. was jumping up and down. So that was a mad vibe. That was a memorable show. Mm. Definitely. Um, highlight was has been looking at the landscape in Iceland for oh. me. Is this your first time? Yeah. You said it's your first time yeah. in Iceland. <gasps> it's out of control. The air is better. Like yeah. as you get off the plane, you the just feel light, it's fresher. The blacks. Yeah. Everything, the textures. Um, and something else cool we did... The gigs were all great as well, but we've got trains everywhere through Europe, and so we got to see like a lot of the landscape there, and it was it's been a really great way to tour instead of cars and planes. Yeah. So have you done those kinds of tours though? You've done that in in Australia. You've done like national tours yeah. and been. So how how obviously taking trains you don't you don't mm. have to worry much about. In Australia, we fly. So oh, you fly. All the, yeah, oh, okay. All the so you don't so drive fast away, far away. Yeah, we would do like maybe a two-hour drive or something. But yeah, we fly. Where are all no you? Where driving. are you from? Are you all from the same city or different cities? Um, Claire and I are from Sydney, and B's from Melbourne. Ah. 
Yeah. We are all sharing a microphone. I have my own because yeah. I'm very, um, very selfish with my microphone, clearly. Um, but so talk to me a little bit about last night's show because I know that you said that that was one of your favorites and we are at Iceland Airwaves. Um, what was it about the crowd particularly that was great? Um, there was lots of them. They all had really nice, excited, happy, sweaty faces. (laughs) And we got to um, last minute collaborate with a really awesome Icelandic designer called Um, Mirka. 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 Yeah, she's amazing. We walked past uh, like an independent designer shop called Kiosk, Mm -hmm. which was just around the corner from the venue. We walked in and Claire's very good at picking onesies and there was this amazing onesie and I was like oh my god and then we said to the guy oh is there any designers here that might we might want to be able mm. to borrow some clothes from today and he's like well that lady who made that onesie <laughs> in oh, the, whole, wow. the whole shop just that onesie she lends clothes <gasps> and I was like that's a good omen and then we met her a few hours later and um I think Mia had been messaging her on Instagram anyway yeah. and um her clothes were so awesome and I don't know, that was just a good start for me. I felt really good in what I was, that was really like bright, almost Mm. like a fluoro yellow. And I think that just, the fluoro yellow matched my energy. (laughs) Yeah. And And also just just wearing something local as well. I know, so that she was in the crowd. I kept turning around. She's just like, ah! (laughs) It was so nice. You could see how happy she was. Yeah, it was just like a great stage and great sound and everyone was so up for it and, I think after such a massive run, it was just like, let's just yeah. go, like, all in. Yeah. And everyone just felt so, I don't know, it's like when you have a really good show, I feel mm. like you're all doing it together. It's like the audience mm. and you, Yeah, you're making the show. It's like we, I don't know, we're louder because we have microphones, but I don't know, it's just like this nice yeah. organism of mm. fun and joy and that's what mm. it felt like last night. It felt like, I don't know, mm. we are all one. but it's kind of true do you feel like your audiences in australia are as accepting and as excited like do you find local shows are just as thrilling or is the novelty of traveling a little bit it makes you a little bit more excited um well every audience has been really different along the way and even culturally how people react is different Mm -hmm. in australia we end up in a, a lot of crowds at festivals mm. with young people and they're so they're so up for it and ready for it and they know our name sometimes. And, yeah. Um, or a song. Yeah, or, or they're yeah. at a festival already, so they're already up for a, a party bar. Yeah. And then a yeah, lot... The, the, uh, uh, can I call it Ozzy? Sure. Yeah, mate. Because I don't... <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> um, the, I'm sure people listening are probably like these accents are so weird. Uh, You've what got about like your Australian. Accent? No, I'm saying I was, in, I was including myself in the equation because I heard like my voice echoed back to me, and then so I was like, funny. "There's Aussie and yeah, cool. South African." Um, I'm, sh- I'm, I think that so many different cultures experiencing that especially in such a long run can be really eye-opening not only on an artistic level but also on a personal level because you could have been that audience member Mm -hmm. and I remember going to cover Splendor in the Grass a few years ago and being completely shocked how crazy the crowd Mm. went because I didn't 
I didn't know what to expect, mm-hmm. but I kind of expected, you know, a little bit chill and but they went fucking mad. Mm. I don't I think it's more relaxed. I, yeah. I think that South Africans not you know, unlike Australia where you get much more acts touring. Yeah. South Africa only gets like one big act a year. Because oh they say that it's so far. Whoa. Which wow. it is far mm. because like in Chicago where I'm at, I've seen now bands multiple times and or have had to travel these last few years to see bands. But in South Africa you get like Lady Gaga and then Beyonce, it's like big, big bands. So mm. that all they know really is then a huge act. Mm. So I think they're wow. interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's either all local or massive. Yeah, it's not, yeah, and the local scene is small. It's like Iceland. They're mm. all, you know, Icelandic artists. I don't know if you've had a chance to meet a lot of them. No, not yet. You should no, try no, later. Yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah, they really are quite interesting just oh, because yeah. there's like one person in 19 different bands. So you'll see the same guy pop up. Oh, he's like oh. holding a, a keyboard, then he's there with a violin, then he's singing, then he's drumming. It's like they all are multi-talented because it's such a small industry they can do that so i had uh, gudrun on the show earlier um gdrn she's a new icelandic artist and she was saying how she's playing four times tonight in different things wow oh in different shows in different shows yeah and they all know each other here yeah yeah Nice. So it's is so, and the Australia scene is it like because I love the music there and I've always followed it but is it like does it feel like that very in like very small and very uh, yeah. kind of everybody knows each other. I think that it. I mean, for me, I know in Melbourne the music scene sort of feels like there's like all the people in the hip hop scene sort of know each other and work together and okay you know they sometimes collaborate with the people who are more in the neo soul scene and i don't know i feel like there's lots of musicians that collaborate together but it's probably and i do i know a lot of musicians who are like that um yes. who are playing in lots of different bands and yeah um but yeah it's probably not that extreme like there it's still quite a bit bigger and also the different cities like mm, it's not states. yeah different states so it's not often like, I don't know anyone else. Oh, we met one or two people that have bandmates in different cities, but it's probably a bit more, more. local. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So then how did you guys meet then if you were <laughs> from different places? How did that happen? Um, well, I guess because there's um, a lot of festivals. Mm. We basically, B and I met at a bunch of festivals in various states in Australia mm. and when you keep running into the, the same person and hanging out and I don't know, you just like, you're like, oh, we're in a similar world of sorts mm. and, um, but also different worlds. So we were kind of intrigued by each other's different worlds, like her Melbourne scene and my mm. Sydney scene. And we became friends online and then had a mutual friend and we started writing together and yeah, we just kind of started really in like what were you doing at the time of me were you were you all in music before you had met each other or what yeah. were you doing when you when you yeah like why were you going to all those festivals yeah I was doing like um what like sometimes I w- we were doing sketch the rhyme which is like a multimedia art rap um freestyle 
show. Okay. And then at other times I would be doing um, a single, like jumping up as a guest vocalist on a single with um, another band. Okay. Yeah. So like kind of casually doing music, I guess, and right. m- more primarily doing visual art painting. Okay. And so music was like this new exciting thing that I was mm-hmm. starting to do. But we'd, we've all always gone to so many festivals and been in deeply in mm. the music scene because it's quite it's big there it's it's a, it's small but it's v- really gigantic like they take it very seriously like yeah. even though it, they have like award shows and who was i talking to about a press was it all of you the press rooms yes it was yeah. all of you <laughs> that was like 10 minutes ago <laughs> where am i um i remember the press area at splendor was the craziest thing just because mm. there was so much celebrity about it mm. it wasn't it wasn't chilled at all mm. um it made you feel like you were walking it was very it was very like la or mm. you know the states kind yeah. of vibe yeah, which is interesting so do you sometimes feel very far away from stuff like that hap- no oh, be yeah being yeah. in um, like just industry wise Yeah, we've been no. we've been lucky to early on end up at a bunch of like um, com- like industry music conferences like bi- um, Big Sound mm. and then Great there was so greatest, well yeah oh, first yeah. Big Sound and there were so many international people coming mm. to that and a lot of international musicians come to Australia so that makes us feel mm. connected and have um, you opened for anybody from overseas? Yeah, We're international for a block party when we get home. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah. The second day we get off the plane, we start that tour. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Really, really. We arrive yeah. at home. The next day we go on tour. So. Silent Alarm is that? Yeah. It's like one of my favorite albums. Yeah. What? I'm like itching because I'm so excited. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. He is a, one of the best vocalists and Ooh. one of the most... Did you ever follow his solo career? No. <laughs> Go, maybe don't Google really it because you may get intimidated. Yeah. Intimidated? Yeah. No, he is... He's uh, going to get intimidated. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> intimidated by him. Um, no, he's really... He has this... I don't even know what this... Everything You Wanted is the song, I think. And he's just walking and facing the camera and looking straight at the camera. And it's just these multiple expressions on his face that you feel like an actor could have done, not Mm. a musician. And there's so much heart. It's going to be really wonderful. So when did you find that out? When when was that all booked? Fair while ago. What did you do? Were you excited? I don't really know them. Okay. Yeah. That's great, though. That's but that's wonderful. Yeah. This is also, like, a totally great opportunity for you to learn and yeah. discover. Totally. Yeah, I'm mm. excited. I love hearing new music. It's, like, my favourite thing ever. And so getting to do a tour. And everyone, a lot of people whose music I really respect were stoked that we were doing this. So yeah. When, you know, Guy Joel, Jolistics, who we write with, he was like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really cute. Just because they the were so big. It was like 2005. Yeah. Mm. And they just arrived, and it was such a huge moment in that genre and yeah. that mm. time. Yeah. So, it's and it's a really, like, people feel very strongly about them as well. Mm. Like, they're not mm. like a wishy-washy type mm. of band. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the reasons we were drawn to um, s- 
support them and also mm. why some people had the idea to team us up with them was mm. their kind of, um, I guess, like, I know they're kind of iconic in their time and mm. um, also I think from what I can gather, like, have a rebellious nature and, like, an attitude about them that, um, yeah, I'm, I want to do some more research into. You should, but or I'm not, sure we'll or just try and, them and there's yeah. music along the way of the tour. And it'll be really yeah, I, I was going to ask, also what I was wondering is if there was anyone who you've met within the industry that were, when you were younger, totally your icons, your you know, your idols when you were younger. Is there anybody that you've managed to either play with or meet along the way? Is there anybody? Yeah, for me, like, uh, the people that we're working with, like the um, Jolly Sticks who we write with, he was, like, I looked up to him as a musician mm. before. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to work with him. Um, a lot of people in my, like, immediate community um, that I've looked up to as musicians and then become part of that same community mm. has been really cool because, like, it's really cool that they've embraced us and like helped us kind of mm. grow mm. and yeah so <clears throat> I think they're also the, m- the most impactful because there's um, this like ongoing emi- ongoing contact mm. it's like mm. mentorship or um, someone more experienced who believes in you and that you can do it yeah and it's good to have that support around you as opposed Mm. to feeling like you're needing to seek it out all the time Mm. because like learning is so important even if I speak to somebody who's just starting out or someone who's been in it for 30 years people I've you know literally all my parents have looked up to (laughs) those people are still like I need to learn as much as as Mm. possible because it's you know you need humility in what you're doing in art in general I don't think just music Mm. Um, yeah, it's really mm. easy to feel if you feel disconnected from your people. It's really easy to feel like out there on your own or something. Right. So for me personally, it's like really important to stay connected, like mm. stay grounded, and remember, like I don't know, like the exchange of support. Right. Because it's difficult, I suppose, when you, especially you've just finished, it's it's, it's kind of a really lovely point that I'm meeting you as well, because you're at the end of everything. Yeah. So you, it's like you're not at the point where you're needing to be nostalgic yet or sentimental. You're mm. still in it, because yeah. it's literally a couple of hours. <laughs> Even our voices are like, <laughs> yeah. too yeah. 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 No one really would have known. But I think that that's so, it's such a wonderful space because you get to figure out who you are as artists whilst you're touring. Um, So what, do you know or at least remember the first shows that you ever saw, the first performance or concert that you ever, that you ever went to? I've heard B's story. Mm. What's mine? Um, well, so B went. <laughs> <laughs> What's my story? No, no, I was just wondering which artist you're talking about. You can tell yours. Oh, I can't. Who's yours? Sh- no, no, I'm going to tell yours. Oh, no. <laughs> B went to this gig and she, it was a female DJ. Oh, yeah. And she loved DJ it so Storm. much. DJ Storm. And she was like, is she I local? Do what she's doing. Where is she from? She's from the UK. Okay. She loved it so much. And then she waited till. She finished and waited at the backstage to help carry her suitcase 
not records, records, records. out to the car. <laughs> and then she was like, how did, how did you get here? How did you do it? And DJ Storm said, I can't remember the rest of the story. <laughs> I'm <laughs> passing the mic good, to B. Good, good prelude. Good, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah. them and on there. And then, yeah. da, da, da. Thank you, Mia. <laughs> um, she was wearing massive high heels and she was playing the hardest drum and bass I'd ever heard and I was just like, oh, my God. It was so powerful. Yeah. I just, I had, it was, I know this would have been a while ago. It would have been like 10 years ago or something. Like I'd never seen a female DJ before and I was really into hip-hop and, it was quite male dominated. I remember hearing mm. a female MC called Pat Medea, and it was one of the first sort of MCs that I really mm. loved. And I was like, oh, I just loved her voice and loved her vibe. And then, yeah, seeing DJ Storm was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And I wow. can't remember what she said either. She had this cool English accent. She was like, well, you just got to get records. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get Get the records. Get I love that you had yeah. the confidence to go up to her as well. I, yeah. Like, I don't. I'm unnaturally confident. <laughs> in a but weird like, way not, but it's oh I'm good at aggressive. asking for what I need yeah it doesn't feel aggressive <laughs> no it's inquisitive yeah and it's because I genuinely want it so and I think that's probably a thing that's helped me in music a lot and it's helped me produce music and it's helped mm. me learn at a time when there wasn't very many women earlier on doing it when I would just hammer down my mm. male friends doors until they would let me into the studio and mm. show me how to use mm. Ableton and yeah it sort of has been like that I guess the whole time yeah. has anybody <laughs> run after you and asked you those same questions yeah a lot yeah I've then started teaching and work doing music workshops a lot mm. over the last sort of 10 years because That's good. I think it's yeah yeah it's really important I guess same as what Claire was saying before about sharing I don't know, sharing your journey and mm. any skills that I've learned, I would love to pass on because I know how hard it is to learn it when you really want to learn something and mm. sometimes it's not that accessible. And Well, yeah. especially, I mean, obviously the the constant conversation now is how women are at the forefront and yeah, we're yeah. running things. But the truth is there's so much work still to be done. We're running things. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the yeah. conversation. I don't feel that way either. Um, mm. There's still so much work to be done. And I think just saying that we're running things is like a way to shove us to the side. Wow. The world. Twitter. The world. No, I, I feel like, like, yeah, I, I just feel... People don't understand how it's it's to in order to change. It's going to take so long. It it could take mm, forever. Nice. It could be endless. And I think just having a conversation is good, but it's problematic as well because it kind of neutralizes it and makes it uh, seemingly uh, final. Like mm. oh yeah, women are are, mm. are doing okay now, so we we can stop worrying. Mm. Women are still being asked the craziest questions, which I'm mm. sure you guys get asked. Mm. Um, I don't know much about the Australian press, but how do you feel? Because I know you said that you were kind of shut out of a hip hop scene that was male dominated. Uh, I don't know whether it was shut out or just, just not. Don't there weren't as many it, of you. Yeah, it's just a really different feeling when you're in the room and there's, you know, ten dudes and yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's. I wasn't definitely wasn't shut out. Mm. It's just not. Um, it wasn't common that there yeah, were other women. Yeah, and I think energetically it's just a different um, approach, I guess, maybe. Um, How has it shifted now? What is the industry looking like now from the inside in, um, in Australia? Um, it's in the last even two years, 
um, it's shifted so much mm. because because of all the I think the conversation is really good like mm. the Me Too thing and the <coughs> there was one other thing but there's this other thing where the festivals have been started to be called out when there's only a small number yeah and it really made a um, yeah it's just everything's being vocalized and it's making people act and so and there's a lot of like up-and-coming female musicians who are amazing mm. and supporting each other and I think I don't know hopefully if it keeps going in the way that it is like it will hopefully get to the point where there's local women artists headlining shows like at mm. the moment there's like a lot of like mid-level artists who are like playing you know mm. earlier on in the day or right like maybe five or six or yeah seven. finding slots yeah, yeah. Mm. seven p.m maybe but the headlines like after 9 p.m kind of thing yeah. often go to the Men. guys still. yeah but if not for long. If not for long. Well, yeah, this is the first. So. This is one of the uh, first festivals to have a fifty-fifty yeah. uh, lineup. So half women, half men, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy that we're in two thousand eighteen, and mm. it's like the first. Mm. There was like a New York Times article that, about yeah, that it. Wasn't yeah. Talked about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. That we're having this conversation. Um, but you, so you feel supported because I think for a lot of people listening, for me especially, I'm just trying to put myself in those shoes and think what I would want to know about the Australian music industry. And obviously you aren't spokespeople for that mm-hmm. or for the cause, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make you. But I th- still think it's really interesting to see how things are shifting, especially because you are part of that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I you are. Yeah. What in particular would be interesting to know about Australian music? I think because, again, especially for uh, listeners in the States, it's... Uh, it is a very exotic place still, you know, mm. just like from where, where I come from. Mm. I, the States was an exotic place to me, you know, it was all foreign. Mm. Um, and when, when I first went to Australia, the first thing I noticed, especially in Melbourne, actually, mm. were the record stores mm. and the music mm. and how buskers were so good. Mm. There weren't many. Yeah. And this was 2002. 10 or 2008 <laughs> when mm. I first went mm. um, so I think for me I was just really blown away by the music coming yeah. from Australia and then I started listening and streaming Triple J I agree that the music industry in Austra- not the industry but mm. the musicians in Australia is so good and we were talking um, earlier today about how there are a lot of musicians who f- don't see themselves outside of Australia because it is right. so expensive such a big move to mm. be away from your family um yeah so we do it's, it is quite insular and it's got this weird thing you do all the f- festival circuits mm. and then you got to have like a year off and then you might do the festival circuits again mm. um there's not a huge amount of musicians that get outside of australia so it's like a bit of an well, because it's a function, it's functions as well. Like a lot, like the industry functions as its own home. Also, like you mm. can, can you, you can make money as a musician in Australia. Yeah. Not solely. I'm sure you need to travel, but you can, or maybe yeah. not. Oh, you can, but I'm sure it's tiny percent. Like mm. most yeah. places around the world. Yeah. yeah. You have to tour. Yeah, I heard like in terms of making the standard wage, like maybe 
what was it like 20 or 30 acts in Australia are on a standard wage whereas wow. everyone else they may appear to be really they're very much in the public eye everyone knows their name yes. they're playing all the festivals they look really successful <laughs> yeah yeah I and they're, they're on a like 200 dollar a week allowance mm. and yeah that's right so it's yeah it 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 looks amazing but and it, it is amazing like it's amazing that people are so passionate that they mm. and care so much about it that it's not about the money like obviously because mm. if it was you wouldn't be in it. <laughs> wouldn't be doing yeah, it. no, I, I agree. Yeah, same with but my job. Yeah, yeah I guess we're lucky. Market. Yeah, it's a small market. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many different elements that have to contribute into releasing music. Mm. So the money's just being spread out mm. into mm. all these little pockets. Mm. Everyone else is getting paid. Yeah. yeah. Do you find though that that makes you want to do things more on your own volition and more on your own? Uh, time and way as opposed to just getting into a big label because there's pros and cons of both mm. but I speak to artists who are ginormous and they run their own email and management because mm. uh, it's so much easier to do that now mm. as opposed to some other artists who are like I don't want to do any of that I just want mm. someone else to do it I don't mind if half my paycheck is going mm. so what do you feel yeah. is the right balance for you guys especially now at this really important moment you know where you mm are getting a lot of attention and mm. getting out there a lot. Mm. Yeah, I think we we definitely need and have had support in our team, our business team along mm. the way, like w in publicity and um, other industry people, like putting the word out about us. And, mm. and in terms of like having a manager to help guide our decisions and our... Um, I guess momentum, like, mm. help. I guess it's still teaching us about what's, no, not teaching us, but like. Sharing. Yeah. Collaborating. Being, collaborating, being part of the team to, because there's so much in the business side of things that you can get carried away with all of that and forget about being a creative. Mm. And we have experienced that, like, always thinking about logistics and will there be a photographer there? Will there, yeah. like, all those things? And then you forget to write a song to do the work yeah. yeah so we definitely need a team and it's just we're still navigating how big that team will be and like we we do like to have to do things our own way mm. we don't want to be pushed into things that we don't want to do or mm. um mm. we want to be able to like have creative freedom and control oh yeah to an yeah, extent like, like even choosing our own photographers like we really want to work with specific photographers or filmmakers uh film clip makers because mm. that's a, it's important yeah it's our aesthetic like we want to yeah stay on that absolutely run our socials imagine if you are that massive that maybe you would just want to be in a studio cave creating and then all yeah, of that that's a demand it's a different level. yeah that's a big demand and then um yeah, you can have other people to do that stuff. Mm. It would be nice to be able to do both, but, you know, Take a bit you of only time have off. so yeah. much time in of a day. Course. And I f definitely feel that it's, like, really different parts of your brain, like the business side and the creative side. And I know mm. for us, well, for me personally, this year has so much has happened. There's been so much logistics and things like that that it's been quite a lot of my... Is it mm. the right or left side brain that's the business I side? Think it's I think it's swapped. Hmm. 
your brain is swapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a swap you. brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're so, figuring that out now. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. No, you need, to, you need like, to have the capacity to handle both. I think yeah. that it's great that you learn that stuff because mm-hmm. there's a lot but of people so good. who yeah. tell you those terrible, frightening stories of, like, I knew I didn't know anything and, like, mm. about tax or lawyers. And mm. so I think the business side sounds probably really boring to some people, but it's really important to know totally. that you're getting up on stage and you have nothing, you know, fighting against you. It's, mm. all, it's all to out, you know... To, mm. for the good of the output mm-hmm. for the good of the art mm-hmm. um, but so okay so that was your first show that you saw let's go oh back to DJ Storm yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> what so do you remember yours the first show that you saw um, I was just thinking when B was talking before that um, it wasn't the first music show that I saw but a um, production that I saw at Luna Park in Sydney and it was, I think they were South American because they were swearing in, in um, Spanish. Mm. And um, it was very strange. They told us to take our jackets off. We went into a tiny little room mm. and we thought, how are we going to watch anyone? Because we're all just in audiences standing in a tiny room. Mm. Next minute, there's like shadows flying across our heads through, we realise, a paper ceiling. Oh my Next minute, the paper ceiling's like... <laughs> Someone's coming through the paper ceiling and it's ripping off. And then there was amazing music as well at the same time, like drummers all mm. around the site. So we ended up realising we were in a huge room. Oh my gosh. And there's like white wall on one side with people banging on the wall with colours going everywhere. Mm. And it was chaos. And these people on harnesses are swinging above our heads. And they're like... <laughs> Like, uh, yeah. can I swear? I swear. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, we have they're an flying across the roof the and they're coming into the crowd and they pick someone up from the crowd and they're going up again. And for me, that chaos was really exciting. Um, so well, that, how old are you when <laughs> all this happened? Um, I think I went there when I was maybe 10 years wow. old. My mom's best friend took us there and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what you love out of performance, something that's kind of all-encompassing that you can feel. Yeah, I like everything. chaos and freedom, yeah. I think. And then, yeah, Claire and I were lucky enough to be taken to a lot of um, festivals when we were really young by our auntie. And so we saw so much diverse music and also enjoyed the chaos of it. Like, mm. went to Ramstein when I was f- <laughs> 15 and... God, we're nuts. right up the front yeah. and I was like so excited yeah, you can feel like, it in your gut yeah you're really hard yeah the earth is opening up. yeah so, so was that because your was your fa- your family in arts music um, no oh, how no. do they feel comfy taking you to shows at such a young age um they just want you to experience yeah it? my auntie and or her partner at the time was in the music industry and they just thought it was a cool present mm. to take us to these things. And I don't know why. I, I, our family likes performance, um, but no one was a... Our step-grandfather was a Sydney Symphony Orchestra, but there oh, was wow. like... Yeah. yeah. But no one directly, directly but... Yeah. Yeah. I, and our, I guess our parents were quite unusual, so... 
Mm. Yeah. That's the best. Because mm. then you get to experience so much. Yeah. And you do remember amazing. your first. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we were taken to a lot of music as children. So, mm. like, African singing or all yeah. of these things. Um, but one of the first memorable gigs that I think of is when I went to the Beastie Boys at the Horton Pavilion, which is a 5,000 capacity wow. venue, and I was 14 or 15, and um, a guy that was living at our house took me along as, oh, maybe it was my 16th birthday present or something. Yeah. So it was my first kind of like proper gig, mm. as in like, that's not like, like that a, a big yes, gig, I guess. Yeah. So that was memorable, and the he gave me a tape of the Beastie Boys a week before. He's like, "Listen to this tape. If you learn, if you know the songs, you'll enjoy the concert more." That is true. And I remember yeah. looking around at all the people and um, all the smoke in the air because back then you could smoke inside mm. in Sydney. And then I got home like at four a.m. back to Sid- back to the Blue Mountains where I'm from, and <clears throat> I was completely smoke sick. Like I'd never been around so much like smoke before in my life. Smoke. So I was like, got this hectic migraine and started oh, no. spewing because I just like inhaled smoke for two or three hours. But oh, but it was worth it. Yeah, Beastie Boys. <laughs> because, yeah, it's just like... It's a once in a lifetime um, kind of experience, yeah, right? Yeah, and at such a young age, like mm. it's just like, whoa, what the hell? Like, yeah, and you're all spongy when you're so young. Yeah. So you like take totally. things in so much quicker and all mm. the music that you listen to when you were so young still affects mm. you. Well, I mean, I'm speaking for you, but it affects oh. me. Yeah. Because you, you're like, your brain is formulating in different mm. ways. Mm. Um, so how, how then do you think that those concerts informed the way that, because I know for you, mm. you mentioned earlier when you saw DJ Storm, mm. that really was that moment that, you went, wow, this is exactly I what to I want do to it. do. Yeah. So w- how has that informed the way that you make music now? Mm. Having that moment of like sheer inspiration and joy of watching somebody do what they love, how do you feel like that affects you now? It's a good question. Mm. It is a good question. <laughs> no, it is a good question. Um, I mean, I think that I probably... I'm still totally in awe of performance, whether I'm watching it or doing it. Mm. I feel like it's a really interesting human experience that is probably really age-old. I imagine before we had words, we Mm. were, like, acting things out. And I don't know, just there's so much communication in that exchange that I feel like is beyond words and Mm. it can be really connecting or really disconnecting. Um... I don't know, I, I really, I just, and I just love music so much. Like, yeah, whether I'm making it or playing it mm. or listening to it, it's like, I feel like it's like my love of mm. my life. Like, that doesn't matter, like, how I'm feeling, I can just, like, put something on and I know it's just, like, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just the best. So, yeah, I think maybe that passion just has only amplified. It hasn't lessened in any mm. way, shape or form. And, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, she felt so powerful on stage. And I think that all the music that I'm involved with and mm. Haiku Hands particularly has that power. And so I guess that's how it yeah. feels similar. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Mm. And I think that's really amazing that you got to go through that as well. Yeah. Just so that you know exactly what kind of path 
your careers are going mm. and you don't have to you just can you just have to be creative you don't have to really worry like because you know that the fire is there yeah i think it's, yeah, it's really because totally. some people you meet and you're like oh i know you don't love this mm. you know it, it is it's it's nice to for it to feel palpable mm. in those moments yes um, sometimes yeah do you love do you love performing i know that that's quite a weird pointed question but is is performing something that is combines a bunch of different things of your personality mm. or do you find it's still quite challenging and you get quite nervous um, I definitely love it I feel like it's been a big um, journey with it but it hasn't gone away mm. it's probably gotten more I'm more passionate about it now I definitely don't get as nervous as I used to yeah mm. I really love performing Th- that's like one of the main reasons why I wanted to start the the thing Mm. like start doing it was because I had a taste of performing um when I was on a single and Mm. I got to all of a sudden be thrown out into 4,000 people and (laughs) and dancing for them and I think I got um I think I I got a really immediate um experience into like Mm. the, the rush the adrenaline and the high of just like giving it your all like trying your hardest and being Mm. really present and then the reward is like elation and exhaustion Mm. and (laughs) just feeling really like you've utilized all of your self Mm. for that for that time like Mm. I like that feeling where you're like oh I've really just given it like really focusing like on being being there connecting with people Mm. I like that feeling I feel like Mm. of use in some way like I'm using my yeah as a vessel yeah that makes sense do you have any like pre-show rituals or anything that you do I usually ask actually I usually ask about after show rituals because I'm quite interested in what people do after shows as well Mm -hmm. um but with you guys I feel like it's quite interesting to ask what you do before a show is there anything specific that you that you do yeah we we usually have a stretch and a, and a warm, <laughs> vocal warm-up um often it's fairly all a bit rushed for some reason and we get ready like prepare our mm. outfits and stuff mm. um i want to move towards having more more time to like really get in the zone and mm. um yeah and then often we'll try and have a little huddle for th- 10, 15 seconds <laughs> and just be like, <laughs> rec- rec- recognise <laughs> what break. we're about to do together. Mm. Yeah. So we're s- yeah, slowly developing our rituals. Yeah. It's nice to kind of listen to other people's music for um, a little bit. To like bit get in the you uplifted. Yeah, yeah. Who do you times. listen to? Is there any, uh, anybody? you feel like, singers or? Who did you listen to last night before you went on stage? You were listening to someone who played here. Oh, I was listening to Tierra Whack. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. We missed her gig. We missed her yeah. show. See, yeah. it's easy to miss a gig. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Did you it see happens. her? Huh? Did you see her? No. <laughs> again, working. So no. sad. I know. I really, really wanted to. But mm. I think that there's, again, there's going to be so many opportunities within today and tomorrow. Mm. I don't know. You can just look on the schedule. There's all their mm. new stuff. So you'll always get to see them again. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, your face lit up 
for the after show rituals what do you tend to do after shows are you totally zonked are you totally out of it or do you get to what do you do um we celebrate depends what kind of show it is really but well, a good often, show, of course. often we'll like give each other a high five or a <laughs> hug and then we'll run off yeah we'll just I guess start talking to our friends and mm. like last night was a bit special because it was the end of the tour and Jody, our manager was there from mm. America and we hadn't sister, seen her in a long time yeah. B's sister yeah and um I think we're all happy that it went well mm. the last show and we'd I guess we'd been looking towards this that moment for a long time since we I guess this show in Iceland was part of the reason we did the whole tour mm. because we didn't want to turn down an invitation to Iceland to play in <laughs> yeah, Iceland. Of course, yeah. Um, so that last night we had a champagne. Will from the festival, I think, sent us a bottle of champagne that was Wonderful. really nice. And Thanks, Will. We all, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was we lovely. All, yeah, 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 we cheersed and um, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> We've been selling merch yeah, on this tour. Yeah. Um, that's been nice getting to go out and meet people and talk with them. Um, and connect with just Absolutely. like people who've just seen it and lots of people who've seen it for the first time and who you know are just like wow what just happened <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you are really excited mm. and it's so nice such a nice way to meet people mm. from overseas you've never met before where can people find your merch can they order on online uh, can they get it online if they if they not yet but we're we're hoping to get it up really soon yeah to Bandcamp band yeah. yeah website We'll post it on Instagram when it's ready. So people must just wait and see. Yeah, it's coming soon. It's coming We've got soon. T-shirts made, so we're already selling. Yeah. You we just sell, said. Yeah, we also sell glasses that we wear ourselves. Ooh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So what do you and and we'll we'll start wrapping up soon. But what do you, what is next now that you're done with the tours? How long do you? Because I know you said that you had two more days here in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you going to be doing? After that, yeah. um, Claire and I are going to Japan to see our family Amazing. and go to a wedding for like five or six days, We're so really Japan. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, our, Obach- our grandma is in Tokyo. Wow. So we'll see her. The wedding go- in Tokyo? The wedding is in Kyoto. Um, and that's a really quick stint and a lot of mm. our friends and family are there. Mm. And then we go back to for one day to our homes and then we go on tour to um, support Block Party. Yeah, Wonderful. And for people who mm. haven't heard you before, where can they find out every single thing they need to know about your music? The internet. <laughs> the Googles. <laughs> what is your website? Well, I reckon... Or Bandcamp? Go to What's Instagram. Easier? Or Spotify? Spotify, Bandcamp. So whatever platform they like to consume music, they'll exactly. find Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think we're on everything. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And then are you going to be writing as well whilst you're taking a break? Yes. Yes, <laughs> finishing songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, have, we have heaps of songs. They just We just need to mix and record, mix and master them. So in between all of our gigs, we'll just take every spare day or two we can to do that so we can get them all out because it's awesome playing them all our sh- um, songs at live shows and people like them and mm. then they're like 
where can I get the songs? Yeah, like, people oh. want like instant gratification. Yeah, you know? I saw someone um, trying to Shazam, Shazam. one of oh. our songs oh my last night, but it was a song that we haven't released. Oh, that is so good. Um, I can't remember what song it was. Poor people. It wasn't Dare You Not To Dance. Um, that's so good. Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. Amazing. He was like, and I was like, oh, wow. sorry, oh, dude. Who's going? Oh, Shazam. Wrong. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Someone I actually see, I've not seen somebody ever do that before. So you're the first person to tell me that yeah. somebody was trying. I've done that, but yeah. Um, we've also someone brought us a cake last night and had it at the big front of the stage, and that's happened. That's our second time someone's brought us a cake. Wait, why? Is it? Is there a special? Reason. Um, in one of our songs, we say, "I want to eat my cake." Yeah. <laughs> I no? knew that. I'm gonna eat my cake. Yeah. Wow. And I ate I it last that. night, and then my hand was so sticky. <laughs> what kind so of cake like, was it? I'm pretty chocolate. sure it was chocolate. Okay. Well, that's good. I kind of want it now. <laughs> I you just didn't get any cake. It <laughs> looks so. My, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you were the only your, one yeah, that ate I stuck it. I my know. whole hand in it and put it in my mouth. And then it's probably on the bottom of your feet now, of your shoes. But it was sticky. It was sugary. But At thank you, you cake bringer. Okay, thank you, cake Is this, So you said it's the second time somebody's done that? Yes. I like how observant you are on stage of like all these. <laughs> what else did you see? You have to come up with. Play so her a conversation one, two, just with someone about. <laughs> they were telling her that. They were from New Zealand and she yes. couldn't hear them. She's like, I'm from New Zealand. Claire's like, what? I'm from New Zealand. Claire's like, what? I'm from New Zealand. I'm like, Claire, we're about to start a song. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> so somebody from the crowd was screaming that they were from New Zealand. Yeah, and it was like at this really quiet time in our set in between songs. <laughs> so you got to Dedication. meet a New Zealand Kiwi girl screaming back at you. Yeah. <laughs> so did you just leave her when you couldn't hear her? Um... No, eventually, eventually, somehow, I get, or me and Amanda said, she said she's from New Zealand. <laughs> and I said, oh, cool, you're from New Zealand. I was like, well, cool, this thank next you one's for letting me know. It was kind of awkward, though, because I felt like I'm then sure. I left her hanging because then I start, we started the song. and um, well, I'll try not to do that, that too much next time. But no, also look, when someone... could have chosen a better time. Well, yeah, but, like, <laughs> I guess it's... When someone wants to communicate something to you so badly, it's hard to ignore... That, yeah, but also course. sometimes you maybe have to. Yeah. Just. I don't think you should feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think she just probably feels like pretty special that you went what like three times. Uh-huh. You Hopefully. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so nice and Claire said what. I did later on say dedicate really a song fine. to her. I was like, this song's for you. Yeah. Oh my god. This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble and we'd like to thank Billy Yost and The Kickback for our theme song, Rube, and buy their music at thekickbackband.com. Lexi Frame for the artwork, Daniel Brater and Dean Berger for the additional sound design, and The Consequence Podcast Network where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows. listened this far why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too 
For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at TMBTGPod. And generally, just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again, and I miss you all week. Consequence Podcast Network.